What's the most accidental blowjob song? Because for me, it's uh, Like a Prayer. Oh my God, really? <laughs> okay, no, the lyrics of Like a Prayer is uh, I'm on my knees and we're halfway there. No, that's about a blowjob, right? I, we have snow out here and I do not want to, uh, uh, I do not want to like walk in it or drive in it. And I walk mostly everywhere. So like, no, I just want to stay home and, and drink and work and bah humbug the rest. Um, yeah. Yeah. I did that. Uh, well, I lived in Illinois for like seven oh, years. Oh, fuck that. I, no. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I'm it's like polar vortex every year. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, it's it is like, the worst. I just, uh, and now, like, and now that I live in Southern California, I'm like, ha ha! Everyone at home that's disheveled. It's hilarious. <laughs> and then I immediately get stuck in like a traffic jam. I'm like, yeah, that's karma. That's- I, I would much rather I would much rather be in a traffic jam because what I like about walking so much is that and this is my favorite Gary Goldman uh, tip is I, I work. I just I this is where I write. This is where I talk to myself loudly in public. And if it makes me laugh, uh-huh. fuck it. We're going to do we're going to do that. So I'm going to traffic jam like yeah. fuck it. I'm there for hours doing nothing. Yeah, let's do this. Let's just um, run through material. <laughs> you say that until you have to pee in the car <laughs> and then there's nowhere to go. <laughs> Uh, it is, I guess that is like a, I, I have no mouth and I must scream type of body horror situation. Um, <laughs> as I sit here with like a hundred ounces of like soda, um, which right, right, this right. feels like a uniquely Midwestern thing that I have. Um, anyways, this yeah. is running the light. Uh, and is that enough of a rolling star for you, Rich? <laughs> Uh, this is, uh, this is running the light where I talk to comedians from all across the nation, uh, about what inspires them and what they're working on. And today, uh, if you're not listening to her in audio books or on her podcast or on uh, radio stations, such as 103.5 star one and 2.1 in Dallas or star 101.3, you're listening to her right now. Uh, Miss Maggie Mae. Oh, and of course, how can I forget on YouTube out right now? The naughty Christmas song, Miss Maggie Mayfield. <laughs> Hi, thank you. Yeah, well, when you say it like that, it sounds like a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> the, the beauty of hosting any type of show is I can find enough of any, uh, even just small, like uh, local comics. What are the, what are you working on? Great. And I can just build up a quick and easy intro to make it sound as right. big or as little as I need to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes. But uh, the naughty Christmas song. I just, release that it's my first original christmas song yeah and, or my first original song ever so no, I, what i do normally is like parody songs wait so you normally do dirty songs or because this is no like parody. so like i'll sing like dolly parton and then alanis morissette and taylor swift you know what i mean so it's like a whole gambit of songs that you're familiar with so right. change them so that it's like I'm telling you jokes about the internet and Tinder and um, eating too much and, you know, just different things. So that's normally what I do. So this is my first original song ever and it's a Christmas song. Oh, and I can't, I cannot wait to talk to you more about like that process and writing an original song versus like, uh, like maybe covers or even versus like your stand up or sketches materials. But you did say you were super busy this week and I want to know more about like what made you super this uh, busy this week and how do you scratch that itch? 
Yeah, so I could do, so in Los Angeles, it's, it's really, there's so many opportunities to get stage time, but it's kind of like you need to produce a show so that you have a bargaining chip, like, hey, I'll put you up on my stage if I can get on your stage. That's kind of the added, the underlying attitude here. I, I totally so, get that I, while hosting a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very similar. It's like, I'll be online and I'll put you online, you know. Right. Um, and so, taking the hint, I got it, Jeremy. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yeah, you also do host podcasts. So, yeah. Uh, hint, yeah. hint, later, later. So, I run a weekly open mic called The Challenge Mic, and it's kind of taken on this life of its own. And I have a feature comedian come in, and this week, since it's on a Wednesday, this is this is the last one for the year, so right. it's Christmas and then New Year's Day. So we had a big holiday party, and I give away prizes, and the shtick of this mic is that it's all improvised. So people come up, they get five minutes, and they pick topics out of the bucket, and mm. you can riff, story tell, yeah, even in your nice. own shows, whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah, and it's no, so that's supportive. awesome. Yeah, it's so supportive, and and it's really difficult to do improvised stand-up. Yeah, so the audience yeah, is. is very involved. And they start like asking questions and like provoking these thought processes, and so um, it is one of the most engaged audiences I've ever been a part of. And, um, and we that's had the, a big holiday party. That's the biggest yeah, challenge of an then, open mic, yeah. And that's what's called the challenge mic. And then Craig Robinson came by this week from the office from Hot Tub Time Machine, so he came by and did a set for us as well. So Holy like, shit! How was, was that? Um, it was amazing. He was. He was so talented, and he even said, he's like, wow, you guys improvise your set? That's really hard, and he tried it um, for a few minutes, yeah. and then just went into his material, because he's doing a big tour, and right. doing the work on some stuff, so... Well, um, but, that, yeah. yeah, that reminds me, we have a couple, we used to have a couple of shows like that, uh, specifically that I used to host, uh, without trying to sound too bad on the backy. we used to do a thing called Wrench's Throne, where uh, you do your normal set, but you pull a gimmick out of the hat, uh, like perform the sock puppet, laugh at your own stuff, like a, a game on yeah. top of it to improv on top of it, but improvising, uh, improvising your entire set, like what are some of the examples that you pull out of a hat, for instance, let's say I'm at this mic, and you're performing. An example. Oh my god! It'll be anything from like online dating to what's your favorite cartoon as a kid to first CD you ever bought to worst pickup line you've ever used or heard. Um, it it runs the gamut of like all kinds of things. So I mean, there are questions that you can ask, but there's stories that you probably don't think about telling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One that I I pulled out was like biggest fear, and it launched me into a bit about going to jail for having bad credit, you know? So I was like, <laughs> you, you don't, the, the bucket always knows. You know, like it just right, knows it always does. And while doing that, like I know uh, last week I was with Kevin Hamilchek and we ended up riffing out an idea of an old joke I've been wanting to work on for about a few months. And Mm -hmm. you have this scenario where you get to do this every week. How often do you take these improvised ideas and go, there are some bones here I want to work with to work on a a joke later on? Like how much of that like trial by fire makes a joke ready? I guess. Oh, man. Um, I guess. What I love seeing is, because for me, I do it every single week. So not every week is going to be amazing. But there there is so much material that I do record it. And it does take a lot of effort to like go back and listen and write it down and remember, you know, I told there was magic there. Um, (laughs) 
But it is really fun to hit other shows and see comedians that have been to my mic. And I'm like, oh, I saw where they started that joke. And it's cool to watch it take on a life of its own. It is, um, yeah. That's where I remember listening to Pat Oswalt. Pat, like the best thing about doing comedy, I think, is using improv as a tool to help with your set. And I think that is the 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 space that you've created is a really fun tool to help uh, foster new jokes and get that uh, get that brain rolling without having to sit in front of an empty piece of paper. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> it's well, we've been doing it for almost three years. Jesus. So. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a, it's a lot of improvised materials, so it's a lot of stuff to go back through, but it's been, it's been an adventure and quite a ride. And people are like, you need to take this further. You need to, you need to take this around the country. I'm like, I don't even know where to begin to do that. So like, let's say we're pitching right now back that- and forth. What does further <laughs> mean to you? What does further mean to you for the challenge, Mike? Um, I have thought about putting together promo videos and sizzle reels and selling this as a fun, like, college tour. I think college kids would love this, and it's clean. Um, Mm -hmm. And exercising a skill that you don't even know that you need, being able to, A, public speak, and B, be comfortable in any kind of situation where you're not sure what's going to happen, but also do it in an environment where it's very safe and you respect the people that you're around and they're not going to let you fall or fail. Using so, it as a, uh, using it as more of an educational tool than versus an entertainment, uh, consumable product. I think it can do both. Yeah. yeah. I know. Um, yeah. For those who are big forensics nerds out there, um, it is very similar, but less, I would say it's, what you're suggesting is a more inviting way of doing something like impromptu, which is for a, like you pull a quotation out of a hat and you write a five minute speech based off your interpretation of that quotation. This is you're taking a subject or a theme and you are talking less factual, more emotion. And that is, I think a different side of that skill that sometimes can be, can be lost when just writing speeches. So yeah, that's a really great tool, especially for like your freshman uh, freshman speech, like in college. Yeah. That's a great tool. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you package it and there are a few comedians that I would love to travel with, there's a good like five or six that I would like to take with me, you know, to kind of be an example of like how this works and how it can be amazing. So it's kind of like a whose line is it anyway, but you're by yourself. It's not a scene. It's just like giving a speech or a talk or being vulnerable in front of an audience and making you part of my world capturing your attention, but being entertaining at the same time. It's, um, yeah, there's a, there's a group that I, I would love to take to do that with and then help. Yeah. I think that's perfect. Yeah. That would be a really great idea. And just being vulnerable, I think is like the, a a great, especially if like newer comics are watching. Um, I think that's Mm -hmm. a great first step, um, for really writing and telling good jokes. That was, uh, before having you on, I, of course, uh, looked at your entire, like, uh, your webpage and, uh, a lot of your stuff, it, <laughs> a lot of your stuff is vulnerable. Uh, and that yeah, is, that is a you. huge challenge. Thanks. I guess I'm <laughs> not great with compliments. It's, um, uh, but yeah, no, I totally get that. Um, in fact, one thing I wrote down, I've been my thing this week is I've been trying a new thing for 2020 and that is after every open mic, anything comedy related, including this podcast, 
I'm watching a stand-up special or something, writing my thoughts down, not on the same notebook I write my jokes, but on a separate little one. To rem- yeah. So I can remember all the things that I'm like, this is what I'm learning to hopefully get better. Yeah. And I was Thursday, I was at Patty's. Patty's is one of our smaller mics, and I, I it's one of my favorite. Uh, Jason, if you're listening, it's one of my favorite mics. Even though there may be not be a ton of like spectators watching, it's almost always just a bunch of comedians, and especially if it's very small, it's a workshop. And yeah. uh, after asking his permission, there was a comic out there. He was doing a newer joke that was a bit raunchy, a bit over the top, but it didn't feel like him. And he goes, yeah, I'm writing it for this show that we have called Comedy After Dark, which is a fun, long-standing show in this town, specifically billed as like, hey, if you're an edgy, dark, wild comic, you're going to do great here. It's After Dark. I've been on it, and I don't consider myself a quote-unquote dark or edgy comic. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I talk about mental health. Um, I talk about my mental health, and that somehow shocks people, but it's... (laughs) <laughs> no, it's never that. And the conversation that I had and it reminded me of the vulnerability is you don't have to write for a show. <laughs> you don't have to write, especially if the show is a theme yeah. of like super clean or super dirty. Don't write a joke for that show. Maybe edit your material. Like if I'm, I have a, I have a joke about waking up uh, and wanting to uh, having suicidal thoughts. I, I make a reference to, I, I have these thoughts. I masturbate, I get coffee. I maybe break that middle one a little bit. I, so it sounds, I do try. (laughs) I tweak it. Maybe I use another term instead of masturbate. I say something else or like, um, if, if the word is penis, I change it to like, I, Larry from Illinois told me just say pecker or something else. Something it's always going to work if you say like pecker or something like that. Cause it's, it's cute and it's like not too dirty. Yeah. Yeah. And like, just be yourself. Like don't work too hard to write something that only fits in a narrow, a very narrow space. Work on you. And yeah. that's so hard. It's so it much really easier is. Than You're like, who, who am I? I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember who. And I think it was Patton Oswald in silver screen fiends, uh, which is one of my favorite books. Uh, he, mm-hmm says when you're 20, like when you start doing comedy, you spend your entire career getting back to that starting point of who you were. And and I still believe in that. Like you spend your entire career, like at the beginning, you're yourself. You're not thinking about any comedy rules. And then you get bogged down by comedy rules and wanting to get booked and like so fucking badly that you drift away, you get your skills, but then you got to come back. And that's that tug mm-hmm. and pull. Um, and really the question followed up was that I was like, well, how do I work too hard to make sure I don't flop on a show for my brand, like my specific style, which is a yeah. concern. Um, you and I are uh, <laughs> two different comics, but there's a chance you and I could be booked on the same show. Right. We could, right. we could still appeal to the same crowd. Uh, like if I was after you or you were after me, we'd both listen. Like the really thing is if you're an older comic, you, you know this by now. Um, I know like a bunch of Omaha comics have told me this. Um, you listen to your other people's sets while you're watching and yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. family stuff isn't working. I found fuck. Don't use my dad jokes, like jokes about my father, not specifically dad yeah. jokes. Um, religion jokes kill. I have a bunch of those. Let's do that. Dirty. Isn't working. Mm-hmm. Remove, like you, you, that's how you play to an audience. You don't write new material. You be yourself. That might've been a weird diatribe into nothing, but uh, no. it was, it was my like it's weekly focus thought. 
like the challenge, Mike. Yeah. It is a challenge, Mike. <laughs> just being being yourself and allowing yourself to like all I care about when I look, you and I, we both host shows. What I look about where I used to host shows. Um, what I look at is when I look at the list, who do I want on based off who do I want to hear for five minutes? I want to hear Maggie. Cause I want to hear this story. I want to hear what Maggie has to say. I want to book sure. Cal's guard because I want to hear what Cal's guard has to say, et cetera, et cetera. It's based off the personality, not how they fit a, a, a brand. Yeah, booking a show is like a whole other beast, that's for sure. It's <laughs> it is a fun math problem, also a daunting math problem, but it's it once you do it right, it's fun. Yeah. Um a couple of weeks ago, at least when I first texted you, you were in Disney World for something? Oh gosh. Or yeah, land? So, I don't know which so, one the California one is. In Disneyland, yeah. Got it. So <laughs> I've never been to either. The radio Oh my gosh, it's magical. Um <laughs> it's it's unbelievable. So I worked for Coast 103.5 in Los Angeles, and it's the Christmas station. So we put the all Christmas music beginning of November, so like right after the voting day. <laughs> wait, wait, we what's voting holiday. day? Voting for like the second, for oh. the first Tuesday, second Tuesday. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Um, you know, I look at your Facebook, you're very political, Jeremy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did, but our uh, you uh, your uh, county, our county had two different voting cycles. That mine is next year, um, but yes, I am, I am, I am political. Uh, uh, Wednesday was impeachment day, and I had a bunch of comics. We were uh, looking up a bunch of questions to figure out what the fuck this yeah. means. Um, that yeah. was fun. Um, yeah, so we just play all Christmas music up until New Year's Eve. and part of the tradition is that we throw a private holiday party at Disneyland. Wow. So they close down the whole park. I know it's insane. So it's like normally crazy busy. Um, you could wait up to two hours to get on one ride. And we only allow like 4,000 or 5,000 of our listeners to get into this party. So you're on all the rides. It's super fast and you can get through, you can try all the different foods, but they've really become this food mecca. And it is just so, it's like ruined Disneyland for me because I went back on a day that wasn't the party and we were like, oh my God, the lines are so long. And it was just like, there are so many people everywhere. But this party is just absolute magic. It is so much fun. And they do like a big parade for us and we get to broadcast live from there and listeners come up and they just get so excited. It's like a big holiday tradition here in Southern California. I know. I look forward to it every year. It's amazing. Amazing. Okay, so it's the park is empty. You get to pick yeah. one character to run up and just give the biggest hug to. Who is it? Oh my gosh, just one? Just one. Oh. I'll, I'll go top three. I'll go top three, but really, ooh, who's your cream of the crop? Who's your cream of the crop at Disney, especially when it's the character actors? Oh, God. Well, I wanted to be Ariel, the little mermaid, my whole life. I have red hair. Yeah. And every time we went swimming, I was Ariel. So. Um, this is gonna be Ariel. Um, Minnie Mouse, for sure. Like, she's amazing. Um, I have to think about it. There's so many. I know for me, I know Mickey would be the first, especially if it's my first time at Disney World. Yeah. When, is Winnie the Pooh still there? Because if so, Winnie the Pooh is without yeah. a doubt. Uh, and I actually, even I can't think of a third. Those are my top two. Uh, yeah. with a bullet. Uh, oh gosh, I can't even think now. That'd be fun. If I, oh, there's so many possibilities. Uh, any of the I villains, know. any of the villains, actually. 
any of the villains. Yeah. Mostly uh, yeah. Maleficent. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's, she's see her a lot. She's pretty menacing and yeah. little. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, they have like a whole world for Winnie the Pooh, like a whole section of the park for him. Hey. Yeah. Oh, that's it. That's my little kid at heart. I just want to go so bad. Like, I don't even care about the rides <laughs> that much. Like, maybe Splash Mountain. I've never gone there. Maybe it seems like fun. But other than that, yeah. I don't care about any of them. I just want to see the characters, see the food, see the parade. At Galaxy's yeah. Edge, I actually really do want to go to Galaxy's Edge really badly. Um, yeah. That's it. That, that's my yeah. day. So, I mean, you'd be. You'd be pretty busy. And there's so many kids and like, they just get oh, so excited. And I forgot there's, there's kids. shopping, like, <laughs> and there's so much entertainment. You would not be bored yeah. at all. Oh so, man. That sounds yeah. like, that sounds like an amazing gig uh, to have. And to also like, <laughs> like comedy for kids is so much fun. It's so pure. Uh, right. Right. Mary Poppins. That was my jam for sure. Yeah. Oh, of course. Um, I, is that, uh, that little like closed down party for the radio is a lot of kids or is it a lot of like kids at heart? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Lots and lots of kids, lots of families. Um, and it's always on a Thursday night and I'm pretty sure that all these kids get this kids school on Friday because the party goes till one in the morning. Jesus. Um, you know, they close it down at nine. But they let everybody in at five, so everyone that's not part of the party has to leave. You get special wristbands and gear that you have to wear. Makes, it is, makes sense. It's very well done. It is a lot of fun. It nice. is a lot of fun. Nice. Um, yeah. And uh, anything you've done this week that's maybe not comedy related, like stuff like just like fun stuff you did this week that was just for you. And so I made a short film this year. It's called Vegas is Calling, and I'm just finishing the end credits for it. That's so amazing. So are you past editing? Are you past post production, like past editing and whatnot, or um, is that the next step? This is the final edit of it, and now it's got to go through sound design and music, and oh. then I think it's about done. So um, I was. Um, it's actually like a very long story. I was hoping to have it done in the fall this year, but that didn't happen. It's always because, the case. You know, like and the. Um, <laughs> So I'm hoping that by the spring, I will have it ready for the festival. It's just taken me. I'm learning Premiere Pro on my own. Oh, I was yeah. like, I don't want to pay for someone else. I'm learning how to do it. And I overestimated my ability to, to learn and make time. It takes a lot of time. It does. Very uh, time ed- yeah. Editor Rich over here uh, is going to, over this year, is going to show me just the basics of Premiere Pro. <laughs> Um, yeah. and I'm going to pay for it for just a, like just a little bit. So then I can just move over to audacity. Um, because over this year I have a lot of like year long goals and the one year long goal is as much as I love, uh, editing, uh, have, having rich edit, uh, he's, we are now in a new recording studio. This, this is the first week in that new recording studio. So, uh, yeah. fuck yeah, it's amazing. And, uh, <laughs> Weberized podcasting, which is the group is like expanding. And I want to, I want to, uh, I want to edit. I really want to edit and work on that, which leads into like my second 2020 goal is like building a PC and just going to town so I can have some tools oh in front of it. I've been this last yeah. week, like, cause I haven't had any shows this week. Like this is, this has been a slow week for me, which is fine. Um, so it's been about like, what do I want to do in my downtime when I'm not performing and not writing? And I've been just watching videos on how to make PCs and the parts I need for it. 
on top of it. Cause that's what I loved as a kid, but never got a chance to do. So this is, this is my year long project <laughs> is buying parts in parts over the month and probably towards the end, just building it and letting it roll. Yeah. That's, that's tough. Both my dad and my sister do that. And I don't, you, I can't even, the amount of time that they spend it. It is mostly stores, Lego like, parts. Yeah. It is mostly yeah. Lego parts. And that's the yeah. only thing I'm afraid only thing I'm afraid of is like heating. That's the only thing I'm afraid of. Yeah. My dad was like, I built this whole like, water system in there. To no. Cool. I'm like, Fuck I'm, that. No. Yeah, like, no, that's I'm like, frightening. I don't even know. Yeah. I'm like, I don't get it, but it sounds cool. It so. is. It's, it's fun. Uh, I've also, I haven't owned a PC or a, like a laptop since college. So like since 2014, well, like everything I've needed, like, is on my phone. You just, oh my God. Like I, I have, a resume. <laughs> I still have my same resume since honestly, I've made my very, very, very first resume in freshman year of high school. So we're looking at 2011. Um, and really right. all I've been doing is swapping in and out just module <laughs> and just going on top of that. Um, I'd also be surprised. You're surprised how many entry level jobs don't fucking need a resume. <laughs> Especially, I know. They like make you fill it out. You're like, come yeah. on. Oh yeah, you know. Well, like Omaha is like the uh telecommunications center of the world. So like, can you speak? Cool, you're on. <laughs> so that's that's been my thing. Um, but yeah, no, Premiere Pro is a pain in the ass. I am looking into it now. Fucking sucks. Um, um also yeah. it's really expensive, and that's why you should move to Audacity. <laughs> Same tools, just well. fucking free. Yeah. So what's the it's, synopsis uh, of your film, by the way? Um, so guys go to Vegas and it turns out bad. Um, not like they expected. <laughs> it's a, it's a short film and it's very funny and it's very, very true to who I am. So like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like best friend that you'll have where you say something and then I'll sing the lyrics to you because it's like a song that I'm thinking of. Um, <laughs> which, very much inspires my stand-up style. Makes but, sense. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of like hearing songs um, with characters talking back to each other like that, and it's, it's very funny, but does also at the same time with a with a great twist in there. So I'm so excited about it, and it's shot just absolutely beautifully. Nice, so, it's so beautiful. Yeah, I cannot I cannot wait. If you, is the uh, or is the music dianetic? Like, is it uh, like in world, or is it like the characters don't know it's a song type of thing? Or uh, oh, okay. So, for example, um, the two main characters that meet, she finds out that he's going through a divorce, and she says, "Ah, oh, going through the big D," and he'll say, "Not Dallas," and then she's like, "Ah, oh, so did you get the Jeep?" And he's like, "No, they're meeting with Dallas." Yeah, um, okay. So it's like it's very flirty lines of. So that's that's how I talk. <laughs> that's exactly how I interact with people in the world, and um, that's how my characters flirt as well. So there's a lot of lines like that in there. That sounds like okay. fun. Writing for flirting also sounds, uh, at least for someone that is incredibly socially awkward, uh, incredibly frightening. <laughs> <laughs> Like I granted in my standup that doesn't come up. The only time it ever comes up is like playing D and D and which I am, I avoid any situation like that. Um, but yeah, 
writing writing character relations is a really tough part and really fun. So I can't wait to see this movie when it's when it's done, or even even right Thank now you. while it's while it's still kind of rough. Which, yeah, which is actually my favorite time to I, watch a film. Oh my gosh, you're insane! I am, but it's beautiful. The the editing, I'm so proud of it. Considering this is my first time learning Premiere Pro, um, the hard part was I don't know what to call a lot of these things. Most stuff I find is Googleable. God bless the internet. Um, so I'd be like, how like how do you get a white flag? You know, but I don't know how to. I didn't know what that was called. I'm like, how do you get how do you get this thing? And it turns out to be super easy, but I'm like, I don't know what to call it. And so I'm just Googling all these different things. Premiere Pro, white screen, you know, whatever. Um, Rich is writing down like, how to do that right now and just giving me a look. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, once I figured out what it was called, I'm like, oh, it's a color mat and you can just, I get it, but right. um the process of trying to learn the language of what I wanted to do. This is what I want it to look like. How do I get there? Help me Google here. I'm serious though. Help. She's like, um, do you want to hear a joke about, oh, um, no, I don't, Siri. Um, <laughs> so that, that has been the experience. So it's just taken me longer because I just don't know the language of what I need to do. Of course. Yeah, no, that's the hardest part with any uh, tech stuff. I've been trying to learn new language and uh, just finding dictionaries and just studying that like the good little nerd that I am. Um, and it, yeah. it's it's a long and slow process. But this week I want to focus. Normally what we do is, we you know, we find a thing that we're inspired by and then we wrap that around to, to uh, what we're working on now. This time we want to do something different uh, because I want to focus almost kind of on the nitty gritties on song comedy. And um, I, I texted you immediately after I saw that you had posted uh, your song and I wanted to know more Thank about you, it yeah. and figure out more about it. And then looking more into your stuff, this, this sounds more like a, a manifesto into a stalker and I don't mean to. Um, no, I love it. <laughs> well, I love it. Uh. I'm, I'm glad, <laughs> but you've done, I've seen that you've done sketch, you've done improv, you've done stand up, uh, and this is your first song. This is the naughty Christmas song. And, uh, we'll say where to find it in a minute. Uh, where, when did you pivot? Where did you pivot? And how did you decide to pivot into music comedy? Yeah. Well, um, I feel like an idiot. Like I should have been doing this all along. How so? Um, I grew up in a household where, where my family, there was always music in the house. My step grandmother would have music lessons for my sister and I when we were young. And we'd sit in circles and learn about different instruments, including the piano and percussion and just all kinds of different exotic instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, I was playing violin when I was in like third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, and then picked up the piano on my own. My my high school sweetheart bought me a guitar, and I, I was always very, very private about playing music, but I was so obsessed with it, so obsessed with songs. And at the dinner table, my family would be like, the radio would be on, and my dad would be like, who is that artist? And it was just a game that we would play all the time. Rod Stewart or, you know, whomever. Right. Um, Clearwater. I'm a bird. I don't know, I don't know. And then this magic shift happened when my sister and I were starting to take over this thing. I was like, Mom, do you know who that is? And she's like, I don't know. I said, Mary, Terry, I can't figure it out. Um, <laughs> no, Mom. It's Larry Gomez. Um, you know, so that's, we've always played the same. And so I 
I, like I said, I always just talk to people like, um, in song lyrics, you say something that's interesting or funny to me and I'll, I'll kind of parrot it back to you in a song. And it just, they're all up there, so many of them. And so I am now living with my boyfriend, Chad Ridgely, who's also a stand-up comedian and an amazing filmmaker. He's very talented. And I'll just play my guitar at home just for me, just learning songs. It's just kind of my therapy. And he'll walk by and then I'll start singing, you know, um, Chad, go do the kitchen, you know, and I'll like, whatever I'm playing and I'll make it about what he's doing. And it just kind of dawned on me this year in March, <laughs> this year, that I was like, oh, this is funny. Like, I should probably do this on stage. And so it just started with, like, a couple of songs that I wrote based on material that I was already doing. And I got hooked. And so every single song that I knew how to play on guitar, I was like, okay, this has got to be in my act somehow. And now I've written, like, oh, my God, probably, like, 16 or 17 of these quick little parody things. Mm-hmm. that are in my act and that's how that started and so with Christmas because I went to the Christmas station in Los Angeles how that became to be is you know you do it for four or five years and you hear the same 60 songs from like 600 artists you're like how many times can I hear Slay Ride <laughs> you know right. um, and when I'm sitting in there in the booth with my on-air talent and, I mean everything is a, is a blowjob song to me <laughs> Oh, what's what's the most wait, wait uh, okay because what's the most accidental <laughs> blowjob song because for me it's uh like a prayer oh my god really <laughs> okay no the lyrics of like a prayer is uh i'm on my knees and we're halfway there no that's about a blowjob right like i always I get that. thought yeah. it was i get that but what is what is your um, accidental like a blowjob song um let it snow let it no. Fair. No. You know what? You know what? Fair. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> so I just decided, you know, we say like 60 songs sung by 600 artists. I'm like, why don't I write a song that parodies all of those songs? So basically, the Naughty Christmas song is turning the titles of every Christmas song into a blowjob induendo. So that's how that can be. And actually, it was Chad Ridgely's idea. There are so many talented musical comedians here in LA mm-hmm. and he was like let's let's put together a comedy a musical comedy album and we'll you know donate all of the profits to a local charity it kind of kind of got away between my project and his project we didn't quite have the funds or the resources or the time to put it together so always the case we're starting isn't it? early this year I know so we're going to start early this year I think in February getting all these amazing people to come record their songs so that way we can put together a nice compilation album and then put together a good live show with these stand-up acts and their musical songs in December. Nice. That's that's kind of what we're working on. So he kind of pushed me into this idea like, oh, I should probably write a Christmas song. And it took a long time. I'd never written anything on my own before. I'm like, oh, I can learn how to play Tom Petty, no problem. But writing my own song, I was like, I don't even know where to start. And so I was just playing around with with chords and what sounds good and just a lot of doodops and DDs and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, this is the naughty Christmas song. Here it is, written down, and I've got it. And I did it enough times that when Chad would walk around the house, he was like, God, I've got your song stuck in the head. I was like, oh, then I need to put this on stage. <laughs> 
So, so I actually um, I have a question. You did bring up that idea of taking jokes and putting it into a song. Um, yeah. When it comes to comedy songs, you can you arguably you could boil it down into two camps. You have your take the lyrics out. It's still a joke, but there's just music behind it. Great examples of that are Bo Burnham's first special. Uh, the Comedy Central special, I think, is a good example of that, as well as pretty much every Adam Sandler song. Good examples of that are the Hanukkah song fittingly or yeah. anything off of a hundred percent fresh. I think um, it's, it's just a punchline with music backing or you have your style parodies, which is of course, tenacious D um, parodying the high stakes of metal with low stakes of just two fat schlubs uh, and weird Al with uh pretty much anything. Um, I, I could go into a huge list, but I, 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 I don't want to right now. Um, so my question, yeah. my question for you is when you're writing, it's that blank music sheet. Um, when you're writing the words, are you focusing on how this works into a song and focusing on like a style parody of, um, style parody of all I want for Christmas is you or let it go. Or are you focusing more on, I want to do a series of jokes that are Christmas themed, like the Hanukkah song. And I, I could I could argue by listening to it an interpretation, but I really want to know yours. On how I I come up with these songs. How do you put up the material, um, at least specifically, I guess maybe in the Nani Christmas song, uh, how do you come up with these materials and put it into song form? Is it joke first that moves into song, or is it really a song, melody, all that first, and then we work on and punching up the words to be funny? Um, with the Naughty Christmas song, it was definitely the melody first. It was definitely the melody first because I'm so not confident in that arena. However, wordplay, that's a lot of fun for me. I love taking words and making them rhyme and making them silly and taking you down a path that you wouldn't expect to go. And <laughs> so the word part, that's really fun. And actually, I was rewriting the Naughty Christmas song up until maybe like 10 minutes until we got into the booth to record it. So Nice. Um, what were the things yeah. you were retooling? I guess when, when looking at it, like in a joke, um, I, I've talking to a couple other musical comedians, um, on this podcast, we talk about like really the commitment to a joke. That's something like a musical, uh, joke really goes into. Like when I'm writing a joke, I know when to drop a part if the whole joke isn't working, um, for a song, it's, is it harder to retool? Is it harder to edit on the fly? because you have to focus on the entirety of the song, not just a few parts, or am I misreading, misunderstanding the situation of how it's being made? No, 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 you're right. Um, it is a little bit more difficult to retool because there's 
a, a much smaller box that you've got to fit into. Mm-hmm. But I think that's part of the challenge that I like about it. And for me, I just kind of reordered a verse and then changed one line in it. So it stayed more true to that. Especially the last stanza. Basically, the song is about like, I'm not going to go home for Christmas this year because getting on a plane at LAX is a goddamn nightmare. I'm going to stay home and just have great sex. So that's how the song gets into. And then (laughs) near the end, um, there's a bit about when your mom's like, hey, we planned this back in September, but you smoke so much weed, you can't remember. Um, I can't remember what it was before, but I changed the line. So it's like, she's worried it's a silent night, but don't worry, mom, everything will be all right when you send this in a very naughty text. And then it goes back into making fun of the lyrics of the of Christmas songs. Right. Um, so that, that verse was like really, really difficult for me because I had it in the beginning and I was like, no, it's taking too long to get into the joke because we needed the joke part. And yeah, just I kind of had to like replay with it and reword it and now it just, just feels a lot better. And even now still, like, I'm like, oh man, I could add more and I thought of more stuff and no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I'll play with it next year. <laughs> I'll do another special recording next year. <laughs> right. So, this is not to hint at anything because I've listened to the song. It's quite funny and it, it's quite charming, but there are sometimes a audience that maybe isn't in the mood uh, when you're doing a song and you can uh-huh. find like, let's say 10 seconds in crowd is not here for it. How do you, oh. how do you plow through it? How do you push through to kind of rather gain them on their side or at least soften the blow? Um, I don't know that that's ever happened because I always ask. Got <laughs> I know it. it sounds oh. weird, but there's there's like so many options. I'm like, what do you want to hear? Do you want to hear about Tinder? Or do you want to hear about Uber? What do you want to sing? Mm. <laughs> Tinder or Uber? <laughs> you know. Okay, so um, a song's never gone like halfway. Cause I know for like all I know is through analogies. Like I've gone through a joke where like ba 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 ba, and then in the middle I say something and everyone's just like, no, that joke's not. That joke's a little bit too serious, but the rest was cool. Uh, yeah. Has that ever yeah. happened, or are these songs very quick? The ones that aren't the Naughty Christmas songs? They're so, so fast. They're so, so fast. Um, that, like, if you if you don't recognize the song, the words are, like, sweet enough, where you're like, oh, come on, that's clever. Yeah. Um, and then it's done. And then when you do get to a song that you recognize, right, then then you're with it. You're like, oh, this is, I can't believe, ah, um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know that I, since I started doing this musical stuff, I haven't really experienced people that are like, Ugh, You're a, you're a better comic than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, um, I don't know, like, when people hear music, they're just so, we're so trained to clock, you know what I mean? We're just so trained to be like, wow, this, you're so talented, you know? And I think um, if you can play, I can't recommend it enough to try and do this on stage because no matter what happens, people are like, oh, you did a song. Great job. <laughs> Thank you. Honestly, I have an Thank old... Thank you for entertaining me. Honestly, I, I agree with that. I have an old... Uh, people will always go up to a bar and open mind going, I can do this. I can, I can tell a joke. I can say the words. Go up on stage. No matter if they're funny or not, they still think they can do it. Not everyone looks yeah. at a guitar and goes, fuck it. I don't, I don't know. Do you hit the wood part? I don't get it. If someone else does it. It's really impressive. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's always, it's still that you always have that 
maybe not a cushion. I don't mean to say this in like a negative way, but you always still have that thing to jump back on. It's like, this is still such a, uh, skill driven or, ta- uh, thing that I'm working on that people can focus at least on one aspect, the words or the other sp- aspect, the music and still have that thing to bounce yeah. on. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I, I do have it's, an old guitar. A lot of fun. Yeah. That I've been meaning to, I don't want to do like songs, but I would, wouldn't mind doing like playing behind a set. It'd be fun. Yeah. Like just musical backing. There is, an, there is an amazing comedian, um, Kristen Lundberg, I believe is her name, but she plays violin on stage and it <sighs> cracks me up because it has, it's not a song, but she kind of like, she plays the theme music to her own set. And mm-hmm. it's just, I die. It is so funny. It is so funny. It is. so serious. And then you hear this like, very beautiful classical music and <laughs> like, I, I have, I have so found funny. over the years like through wrenches thrown or through open mics that have music and I have a friend and I'm gonna say hey let's just do this together uh it's always fun people mm-hmm. are always engaged even more so than it, one or the other we did a wrenches throwing it's Sean Flaherty who was a guest on this podcast he's a very Emo Phillips style comedian in terms of presentation is how I would describe Sean um, he's, yeah. he's as sweet as a teddy bear and he has one liners, but he says this in this macabre, awkward way. So if you're in it, yeah. you're in it. If you're not, you're not. But I had a friend, uh, Leah, she had a guitar and she's a jazz guitar artist. So I was like, okay, cool. So whenever a joke went well, she would like tone it down. When a joke, there was a time a joke didn't work and she purposely twanged it and hit the note off. Uh, just to heighten yeah. some of these jokes and stuff like that really does get in, in uh, a, someone going one of my first uh, comedy albums was mitch hegsberg strategic uh, grill markings which oh my god i love him it's yeah. my favorite and <laughs> what i loved most about it and when i my dream show is to do something like this as a host bring a bass guitarist in like people people are just oh, in fun. it to, yeah. yeah people are in it so yeah music and comedy blend really well and it's always fun yeah. to see comedians like you do that or you know violin players play, uh, play their own theme music it's so engaging i saw that you posted that you're trying to book a show of all musical comedians and uh depending on when that is i know i'm coming back to la this summer anyway i will go and get a ticket yeah. just to watch it like that stuff is oh, is always so fun. fun if you Thank ever you. can oh no worries um So as I said earlier, comics, especially if you're older, comics of a certain age who've been performing for a while, uh, we avoid topics that are seasonal, that are don't work all year round, that I can't use at a show any time of any time of the year. Um, You've 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 focused on Christmas and that's a really uh, courageous (laughs) thing. You've not only with Naughty Christmas song, uh, the candy car and stuff like that. Even I think you have a horror sketch or that might be Halloween-y. like when some comics are at the point of being afraid of using seasonal stuff, what makes you wanting to jump headfirst into it and really kind of devote that time into it? Is it because your history in the radio um, and listening to Christmas music all the time or it's something else? Um, yeah, I think it does have a lot to do with working for a Christmas station. And when you're so consumed with it for a gigantic chunk of your life, mm-hmm. um, then yeah, it just makes sense. And you know, because, Chad Ridgely kind of pushed me to write a song to be included on this comedy album. And I think, you know, growing up, there was kind of a turning point where my family 
didn't like Christmas anymore. Really? Yeah. I I think my dad's mom passed away, and then Christmas wasn't fun for our family anymore. And yeah. I spent a lot of years not enjoying it and just wishing it would be over. And so now, having worked for that radio station for so long, it kind of rekindled my love for this kind of year. I I understand that. I'm at that beginning stages. Uh, a couple of years back, I had I'd lost my grandmother when we we lived together. She was like a second parent, and so it was around Christmas time. Uh, it was in December, so yeah, Christmases have uh, changed the last few years. You're a lot smaller, and yeah, yeah. And sometimes you you focus on external Christmas stuff. Um, I've been watching old Christmas specials um, as much as I can just to just to have some fun or distraction or today we're having friend Christmas, which is now a new thing for us. Uh, where it's just, I love that. It's fun. I can't wait to eat, eat a bunch of spaghetti and drink and scream with my friends. So yeah, I get it. Uh, and mm-hmm. focusing, yeah, focusing on making Christmas for you. And I can, I can see that then bleeding over into your work. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Do you get nervous about yeah. like, Oh man, I can't use this in Ju- oh not maybe not July. I can use I can't use this in March or in October, right? Do you do you, do you feel discouraged or you go no? It's just going to make it more special come November, December, January, maybe. Um, you know, I've been doing like seasonal material. I think since I started just talking about Christmas, and it is really fun to kind of dust it off and bring it back. You know, the day after Halloween, and so that I early. Think- okay. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Because um, I love Christmas. And there's something charming about someone who's like, I mean, because you see it. You go into Target or Walmart or any grocery store, and all of a sudden, you know, Halloween candy is 50% off, and now it's 10% off. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so there is something charming about someone that loves that, I think, on stage. And that's, that's neat. That's, um, that's, that's neat. <laughs> so. It's, it's an, it's and an, if you're not into it, it's not like I'm throwing Christmas carols in your face. I'm really making fun of the whole idea of it. So I think you can love. I mean, you really have to hear it. <laughs> you know, it's not. It doesn't sound Christmassy. Um, it's just. It's fun. It's really, really fun. Yes, your song is. I wouldn't say your song is particularly like. Yeah, it's not super Christmassy. It's enough to get people on both sides of the aisle really into it. Um, it's yeah, uh, making a way that if you love something, still talk about what you love. Who doesn't love a blowjob? I mean, yeah, no. Uh, who doesn't love Madonna's on a prayer? I, I totally get it. Um, yeah. Um, so, okay. If you had to take away like writing seasonal stuff and really jumping around to different points of comedy, if you had to take something about this whole year of writing songs, especially writing seasonal songs and a tip to give newer comics who maybe want to do music or want to do something seasonal, what tip would you give them? I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, just being yourself, be what you are. And I think for me personally, doing regular stand-up was a lot of fun, but there wasn't a super ton of confidence. Like I'd walk into every room and be like, oh my God, everyone is better than me. (laughs) And then now that I have this guitar, this thing that I've been doing and playing since I was 15 years old, Mm -hmm. I just feel like, super empowered all of a sudden like you know this thing this is your this is your therapy this is the thing that makes you feel good and is that a secret for so long yeah um but it is so much a part of who i am and it it enables me to 
really, really come to life. So how does it, how does it feel to bring that secret part of you out on stage? Is it frightening or is it more empowering? No, it's, it's, uh, it's empowering. It was definitely empowering. And I feel like I'm able to tell the whole story because before, like I said, I talk to people in the lyrics of songs. And so it's great to be able to do that in a way that feels authentic and organic on stage. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Yeah. I have all these jokes about being lactose intolerant. And so I take a Joni Mitchell song (laughs) and kind of rework it just to punch us just again. Right? So it's like, don't it always seem to go? You don't know what these guys have done. Don't drink the milk if you're lactose intolerant, right? Um, (laughs) That is my, that is, that's my style. That's, that's comedy for me. Of course. Yeah. And watching you and unintentionally stalking your work, I would argue that the thing I've learned is, uh, and really embracing the thing you love and making that, uh, kind of what you focus on everyone. Yeah. yeah. If you love just talking, then talk, but, uh, I want to talk about the shit. I, I love talking about this, maybe weird and unique and just embracing it and, or doing the stuff you want to do. Uh, I've had friends make fun of me cause my very first stand up material, I was wearing a tweed jacket and doing a kazoo with one-liners. And I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep wanting to go back to that um, almost in a way of just burning every bridge I've ever had. Like any professional bridge I've yeah. ever had, I just want to play the kazoo to Seven Nation Army. Um, <laughs> it yeah. fucking rules, Rich, I promise. <laughs> it fucking rules. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I think I did the immigrant song once too. I really think I did and I'm okay with that. Um, I don't know who I'm for, <laughs> but really just focus on the jokes and the material you want to do and then figure out who you're for a second. Yeah. Yeah. And so here's the part where I go into the fast fives, just kind of random questions, uh, while we're, uh, winding down, uh, favorite sandwich. Peanut butter and banana. That's classic. I do love a peanut butter and banana. Um, chicken parm, man. I, I've just been having a good chicken parm time lately and it's, it's oh, just yeah. a good time. Uh, Get it, man. Yeah, there's one in Midtown that again that serves it with like a uh, bacon and whatnot. Really good time. I uh, I, I have fun. Um, would like it with some garlic <laughs> bread, but we have I haven't gotten there yet. Favorite joke that you tell? Oh, it's a song called "99 Focus Dads," a parody of "99 Red Balloons." Okay. About those ads that you see online, where you're like, "How did you know that I was talking about coffee?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> So that is, that is my favorite joke. Uh, I think uh, one of my favorites that still gets me going. Uh, I had a lot of dreams growing up. I wanted to be a superhero. I wanted to be a truck driver and I wanted to meet my dad. That's sweet. It's, it's sweet. It's cute. It's sweet. It goes to the, it gets to the point and it's fun for me. Um, I also like short jokes in the beginning because uh, my favorite tip is do short jokes in the beginning because that way they're on your side immediately and you can use those, exp- you can use those uh, goodwill points later. Uh, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get it. Biggest fail, biggest bomb. Oh my God. I was at the Irvine Improv doing a charity show for cancer awareness. And I just found out that my dad had like late onset MS. And so I was doing all these jokes about that. And it was angry and terrible. And like, it did not go well. It did not go well. So yeah. people are like, we want to feel good about cancer research. Oh. Like, everyone's sick and dying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
that well, that's permanently ingrained in my brain. So um, that was my worst song. Yours? <laughs> uh, that reminds me of recently. I I was on disability leave uh, for depression and anxiety, and it was the weirdest, uh, weirdest, lowest time for me for in a while. Um, yeah. And I was trying to write jokes in that period uh, about what was going on, and holy shit, no. Um, uh, it was like that, that little joke I said in the beginning, waking up, masturbating, want to, uh, want to kill myself. Yeah. Doing that while in the middle of a panic attack is less funny and cute and more of mm-hmm. the deranged screaming of a madman. And yeah, I've, I've yeah. learned now if I'm in a bad space, don't, I don't force a mic. Just, just go home. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, hindsight is 2020. <laughs> yeah. Hindsight is 2020. So now it's the rule I have going forward is just like, just if you're not feeling it, go home. It's okay. Mm. <laughs> no one cares. Uh-huh. Um, right. um, that would, that's been my most recent biggest bomb. And one I think about often now, um, yeah. Why do you tell jokes? Uh, because it brings us together. <laughs> if we can all laugh about the same thing, and we're on the same side. Yeah. I've, I've not heard that answer. I've, I think what, it's been like six, seven months, Rich, I've been doing this. I have, I've not heard that answer yet. And I like this. This is, this is my favorite. That's my favorite answer. It just brings people wow. together. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. Um, basically, uh, I just really like connecting with people. I think my favorite comedy moment was two months in. I was doing Shark Club yeah. Lounge. It was a it's a bar inside of a hotel. So take that as it means. Um, and I was doing, I was doing a lot of suicide jokes back then, like too many, I think, uh, someone call that, uh, a cry for help. And, but there was these two dude bros in the back left, uh, of the place. And one slapped his friend go, Hey man, he's just like you. And I went, shit. It felt, and I just felt good for a moment. I was like, I reached out to somebody. I connected to that person and that made me happy. And that's, I never want yeah. to quit again. And I still won't, no matter yeah. how many times people tell me to quit. Uh, and Maggie, where can people find you? On the interim, maggiemayfield.com. <laughs> um, it has all the info for like all my socials where you can buy the Naughty Christmas songs. We'll just watch the weird video that would make me happy too. But mm-hmm. it's M A G G I. There's no E on Maggie. Yeah. I didn't pick it. My mother did. <laughs> and M A G G I, Maggie Mayfield. What, uh, what socials? Same thing Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. <laughs> and let's say I want to Oh, I want to buy your album. Where can I buy it? Or not album, uh, song. It's on Spotify, iTunes, the iHeartRadio app. It's on YouTube. But again, the hub is just maggiemayfield.com. Everything you need is right there. All the links to the socials, um, where you can buy the songs, stuff like that. It'll be in our description of the episode. Um, so, yes! <laughs> so just go there, guys. Um, for me, it's Jeremy Plum. I think it's Plum Jeremy or Jeremy Plum, uh, P-L-U-M-B on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, also Running the oh. Light on Facebook and Twitter. And, uh, that's what we'll be. If you've found, if you've, if you're listening to this podcast, but don't know where to find us, we're on Google, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, the whole nine yards. Um, and, uh, this will be a bumper and not a bumper, but a header coming forward. Um, uh, I'm moving. 
uh, the the podcast is moving soon. Uh, we're not going to be on the Weberize page anymore. Uh, still working with Rich and all that, but Running the Light's going to be on our own page. Uh, just search it when you write Running the Light, and I should be right up there. You look at the look at the red uh, red light, and you're good to go, guys. Uh, just find us anywhere where you normally find us, and it'll be the same place as always. Just start doing that now because it won't be on Webrise anymore. <laughs> Uh, Maggie, it has been a pleasure talking to you. You are really fun. Have a happy holidays. Have a happy Christmas shopping and whatnot. Uh, and Thank I you. can't wait to talk to you soon. Likewise, Jeremy. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. It's been a Keep blast. It <laughs> <laughs>